0: Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio, WJMM. So grateful that you tune in each and every week. So grateful that you tuned in this week. We're talking about discipleship all week, which is Anchor 6 at Encounter, Embrace Discipleship as a Pathway to Transformation. Once again, if you need more information about Encounter, you'd like to contact me, uh, email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org or just go to our website, thehopeencounter.org, or just show up on a Friday night at 1301 Brandon Road at 5.30 for dinner, 6.30 service for an encounter experience. We have a service every Friday night. I look forward to seeing you there. Once again, we're talking about embrace discipleship as a pathway to transformation. That's Anchor 6. You can't talk about discipleship without mentioning the Holy Spirit. So for today and tomorrow, we're going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit uh, is transforms us from the inside out. You see, transformation is another word for discipleship, and disciples are constantly being changed. Now we learned that that the last two radio shows that change plus grace equals discipleship. So today we're going to talk about how how change uh, plus the Holy Spirit. You add the Holy Spirit into the mix, you truly are going to be discipled. Now. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I, I, I do want you to open it up to the book of Galatians uh, and as a study reference point. Now, just a teaching moment about the, the book of Galatians. It's essentially a book of rebuke. It's a book where the Apostle Paul is basically teed off. Most of his other letters start out really nice, but not this one. He's really mad, and for good reason. Paul's essential message of the gospel of grace, that we are justified by faith rather than human works, was being denied by legalistic Jews who insisted that Christians must keep the Mosaic law. In simpler terms, the legalistic Jews were promoting works and self to get you to heaven instead of grace and the Holy Spirit. And We're going to be talking about that today and tomorrow. See, the church was facing a theological crisis, and Paul doesn't waste a single word getting to the heart of the matter. Here are a few excerpts from Paul's writing in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, starting in verse 6. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion And are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Fast forward to chapter 3 verse one through five, he says, "'You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? "'Before your very eyes, "'Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. "'I would like to learn just one thing from you. "'Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law "'or believing what you heard? "'Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? "'Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? "'Have you suffered so much for nothing "'if it really was for nothing?' Does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observed the law or because you believed what you heard? And then in chapter 5, he goes on to say, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't listen to these people who are trying to talk to you about works. He says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that you, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who, you who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He says, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you and who kept you from obeying the truth? You know, what's important to note is that a great leader always provides the answer and a solution After they correct and rebuke someone like Paul does when he starts wrapping up his letter in Galatians 5 verse 16. And here's what he says in response as the answer to don't let these people steer you in the wrong direction. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you, and here it is, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living, notice it says living, that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. Here it is in every part of our lives. See, I have learned that the most attractive quality in any person is not their look not their looks, but the Holy Spirit who lives in them. And the standout attractive people are the ones who allow the Holy Spirit to work in them and produce good fruit. And when God produces good fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self control in you, He does so with a purpose. He makes you a good witness to unbelievers. Why? Because unbelievers are not merely impressed with what we believe and preach as they are with how we act, especially under pressure. See, nothing makes makes the kingdom of God more attractive to unbelievers than believers whose lives are characterized by the fruit of the Spirit, than those who are allowing the Holy Spirit to change them. On the other hand, nothing is a greater stumbling block. For unbelievers, than believers whose lives are characterized by the deeds of the flesh. People talk about Jesus, like it says in 2 Timothy 3.5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Paul says have nothing to do with those people. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. The word comfort in the Greek literally means to strengthen by being with. The Holy Spirit strengthens us by being with us. The Holy Spirit changes us by being with us. Whatever you go through in life, he'll never leave you. When you walk through the fire, the flood, the storms of life, I am with you always, God says. How is, we, how is he with us? Through the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would often come upon people, move on people, anoint them. He'd come and go. But in the New Testament, when Christ ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit became a permanent part of our lives. He's always with us, and he'll never leave us. If you are a believer, he's just not with you. He's also in you. God's Holy Spirit comes to live in your life to give you the power to live a life of hope and to disciple and change you. Samuel Chadwick said it this way, Christianity is hopeless without the Holy Spirit. See, the father sent his son, the son did his work, and he promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, in other words, it's better for you that I go. Unless I go, the Holy Spirit's not going to come. How's that better? Well, something was accomplished by the Holy Spirit that Jesus could not do. See, Jesus could only teach from outside their body but he can never get inside of them where the real problem lies. See, the problem is always within us. See, out of the heart, the problems of life develop its roots. Jesus said, I have been with you, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll be in you. See, the Bible defines a follower of Jesus as someone, watch this, who has been born again and the Holy Spirit lives in them. Jesus is with the Father, the Father is with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is the only agent of God with us on planet Earth, yet so underpreached, misunderstood, and underappreciated is the Holy Spirit. See, the only way we can understand the Bible is through the Holy Spirit. The only way we can have power to change and get discipled is through the Holy Spirit. Yet the Holy Spirit is the most neglected member of the Trinity, and everything in the New Testament centers around His power and His work. For example, the church didn't, didn't begin when the disciples began following Jesus. The church began when the Holy Spirit came upon them. See, the life of Peter is a great example of how the Holy Spirit changes us. Peter is sort of, before Pentecost, is like a fumbling, stumbling disciple, like me, like many of us. Great promise, great potential, but always saying the wrong thing. Always misunderstanding Jesus. Now, did Peter have a great teacher? Yes, the best. Did he have the word of God being taught and fed to him? Yes, from the son of God. Did he have a great model and example? Of course he did. What did it do for him? Nothing. On the night Jesus was taken away, Peter fled like everyone else and does even more. He denies him three times. So where was the three years of teaching Jesus poured into into Peter? Because everyone says, well, you just need a good teacher. Where was all all his discipleship training? Where was his faith? Where was his trust? Where was his resolve and strength? It's because, listen to me, no outward teaching can replace the inward work of the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, he starts preaching with boldness and power. We see him acting with wisdom and courage. Now he's a different Peter. Again, Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. Because unless I go, the Holy Spirit won't come. I've been with you, but he'll be in you. See, we need a clear and understanding of clear understanding and teaching of the person and work of the Holy Spirit in all of our churches. That's why I like to teach about the Holy Spirit all the time on this radio show and at Encounter. Paul calls Christians the temple of the Holy Spirit because we are inhabited by the Holy Spirit. and This is, this is what makes Christians different from anyone else on planet Earth. Every other religion or doctrine is an attempt to teach you their way of living. But Christians who really trust Jesus, who really repent, and turn to Jesus, have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And one of the problems about preaching and appreciating the Holy Spirit is there's almost a prejudice with one side that says, I just want the Word, I just want the Word. Well, the Holy Spirit inspired, even wrote the Word through all the people that He came upon. And He speaks a lot about Himself in the Word. Another problem is people have made... A Holy Spirit religion centering around, just the, centering around just the work of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's not Christianity because Christianity is always centered around Christ. Jesus said when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he won't speak of himself and he'll never draw attention to himself. What he's going to do is put the spotlight on Jesus Christ and make the things of Christ real to us and then have them applied to our heart in a practical way. See, Christianity for some is about the cross and no resurrection power in their lives. And that's a huge problem, the reason why people even in churches struggle. When Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood, he took care of the past. The past is gone and all of our sins are forgiven. But there's another problem. Even if you take care of my past, wash away my sins and say everything you've, you've done wrong is forgiven and will never be remembered again, I still have another problem. How about today? How about tomorrow when the evil one comes to tempt me? How am I supposed to reproduce the life of Christ by my own self-effort? How can I experience the changes God wants me to make? How can I reproduce the power of God in my life? The answer, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you that will never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit that wants to disciple us and make us more like Jesus every day of our lives. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser.